You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Amen, amen, amen. How is the family doing? All right. Oh, awesome, awesome. It is good to be back indoors. Amen. You know, we've been outdoors for a while, and I've only seen people in shorts and t-shirts and, you know, different things that they were wearing in the parks. But now we are back indoors. And it feels like we're outdoors, right? Right, It's not as hot outdoors as inside right now. (laughs) And I think, and I hope the temperature will change in a while so we can get in more cooler in this room right now. You know, I really want to lift up the whole church for when a change happens it's not always the best mm. when you change the location you know you change people's comfort people's traveling people's funds yeah. people everything changes because for some of us that have been traveling from southeast london to deep in wimbledon where we were before life was more difficult yeah <laughs> and they had to pay more to get there for Isaac, for example, traveling from all the way from Essex to South Wimbledon, that was way more expensive. Yeah. But for some of us now, for example, Adeline, who is in Croydon, yeah. Wimbledon was way more easier for her. But now she's being challenged to come all the way more central. <laughs> you know, that's what a family is. Yeah. We don't grumble when changes happen. We don't grumble when we are forced to go out of our comfort zone. We delight in all those changes. Amen? Yeah. And I want to lift you guys up for being here today to be family today. Amen? Amen. Awesome. You know, one thing I want to really change, because I think there's too much denominational season right now. Yeah. It seems like people like this side more than this side. <laughs> so if you're on that side, and you may be the last row, let's get the last row to move themselves to this side. So we can have a little bit more balance, you know, we're a family. This, this is not the side of people who are more convicted, and it's not the side. <laughs> you know, you have deep convictions everywhere, amen? Yeah. So let's, let's, you know, let's get, sort ourselves out, let's sit down, fill the gaps there, so we make sure we're we're, we're more unified, amen? amen. Yeah, come on, bro. You know, we've been at the Global Leadership Conference. And my wife and I, I've been learning a lot of lessons since I was there. For those who are with us for the first time, the Global Leadership Conference is where all the 91 churches of the international Christian churches meet together once a year to really celebrate God. To really worship together as a family. To really come together and see, wow, what is God doing in our generation? Because we believe that the church isn't just about fellowship. Isn't just about fun. Isn't just about food. It's about that the word of God is being preached to every soul on this earth. And that everyone has a chance to become a Christian. To become a disciple so that we can all be saved. Because that's what Jesus came to do. Amen? And so today, I've got an a lesson for myself on, that I really want to translate to your life today. Okay. And you know, there's two things I learned from being around almost 2,000 disciples of Jesus Christ. One of the two things I learned. First of all, when I look at how the magnitude of this world, and I, and I look at how much people really don't love God. It makes me see that we live in a world that really, 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 really needs to be evangelized for Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And I see that that's a huge task. 
that no man can do on his own power. That's right. That's a huge task that no woman can do based on her beautiful looks. <laughs> That's a task that no child can do based on how cute she is. It is, a, it is a task that demands the power of God to work through human beings. And so that's one lesson I learned. But on the other hand, I learned another lesson that I am one of the most insecure people I know. Oh, God. And, you know, I went to a military school. And in that school, I was taught to be tough. Mm. I was taught to, you know, that weakness is for civilians. Mm. Wow. <laughs> for you to be weak, you're like a woman. It's like, wow. Like, and so I was made tough. And then I became a Christian. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And now I needed to be weak before wow. God. Yeah. Now I need to be weak so that God will work in my life. Amen. And, and so that really challenges me because when I got to the, to the Global Leadership Conference, I got a chance to preach. And, you know, you're like, oh, I'm so excited to preach before more people than 30 people. Because a, a, guy, a, a preacher said to me, you know, when you're a preacher, your circumference of preaching grows, 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 and grows, and grows. And I was like, wow, that's a great chance. I, can. I was excited. Yeah. But I was also frightened. <laughs> I was like, what if I blow it? <laughs> what if I mess up? And I, and I wrote my sermon like five times. Aww. I was like, no, that's not a good sermon. Oh, that's, no, that's not fire enough. That doesn't change. No. I, was like, ah! I was all over the place. <laughs> I was like, what is up with you, man? So I got there that, that very faithful day and I preached. And after that, I was pulled aside by two mighty men of God. <laughs> and I said, can we talk to you, bro? Just a second. We know we love you, bro. You know when someone says, we know, we know we love you. It means they're gonna really going to say something that makes you feel not loved. <laughs> and it's like, you know we love you. But. <laughs> Were you insecure right there? I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, did you prepare your sermon properly? Yeah, five times. Huh. Bro, you were very prideful right there. <laughs> that was one of the worst sermons I've ever heard in my life. Wow. I was like, okay, bro. <laughs> wow. It was challenging to say, and it gave me great advice. It's like, bro, you can do greater than this. Like, God worked for you powerfully. But that sermon was just horrible. Wow. Though people laughed. Those, those, some, of, some of us were there. Though people were, though it was a fiery atmosphere. It's like, that wasn't a sermon, bro. It says you were all over the place. You were not, you were not confident in God. Mm. And that was so challenging for me. Like, I got this chance to finally increase my circumference of preaching, and I blew it. Oh. Mm. Uh, and it made me feel like, why didn't I get advice before? Why didn't I take the advice that people gave me before? Because you know what? Before that sermon... Three people gave me advice, but I did not take it because I wanted to be strong on what I knew myself. So I didn't want to be weak and take on someone's advice, and that was so ungodly of me. And when I realized, like, man, I need to repent of this strong character, this confidence that I think I have, so that Christ's power may work in me. And the same it is for you today. Yeah, that's right. You know, we come here, who likes hardships? 
<laughs> who likes? Let's be honest with you. Who likes hardships? Isaac likes hardship. <laughs> who likes to be? Who likes to be weak right now? <laughs> who likes to be weak? No one likes to be weak. Who wants to be vulnerable? No. Uh, <laughs> who likes to be insulted? No. No. Who likes to go through difficulties? No. 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 I don't see any hands. You guys don't seem fighting for difficulties. <laughs> who likes to be persecuted? No. No. No one likes all those things. But now, my sermon for you guys is about all those things. Ooh. Turn Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians 12. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 12. The title of my lesson today is, My Power is Made Perfect. My Power is Made Perfect. 2 Corinthians 12. For those who are joining us for the first time today, we're so glad to have you here because our goal in life is to seek and save the lost. Jesus' purpose on earth, he came and preached the message of the kingdom. And his major mission was the cross. And that cross would save the whole world for those who have faith in Jesus. And so we're a church that believes, hey, whatever Jesus says is what we do. Mm-hmm. Because he is the one we follow. And we believe that Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations. And so we do the same. When he said, baptize them, we do the same. When he says, teach them to obey, we do the same. When he says, and I'll be with you to the very end of the age, we hope that because we're doing his will, that he will be with us to the very end of the age. Amen? And so the lesson today is about, my power is made perfect. But whose power? Let's see what the Bible says in verse 5. Chapter 12, verse 5. It says, I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself. Except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I will not be a fool. Because I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Or because of this surpassing great revelation. Some of you have great dreams at night. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan. Imagine if you woke up every day and you had a messenger of Satan next to you constantly. Every day. Three times I pleaded. I'm like, why did he do it just three times? I mean, if I listen every day, three times? Just three times. I mean, I would do it every day also. God, please take it away. God, please take it away. God, please take it away. To take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. That's where the title is from. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, the Bible says, then I am strong. And the church said, Amen. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Point number one for you guys. Delight in weaknesses. Who is happy to be weak? Most of you guys said no. Actually, everyone said no, except for Isaac was a bit like, yeah, it's all right. I could be weak sometimes. You know, and Euclid was like, yeah, I would like to be vulnerable sometimes. (laughs) But the Bible says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. It says, when God says, my grace is sufficient for you, it's actually saying, don't worry about how you look. Don't worry about how crazy you sound. 
Don't worry how bad you will do. Don't worry about all those things that make you ex- that expose your weaknesses. Because to me, you look awesome. To me, you are fantastic. To me, you are amazing. Because my power is made perfect when you're weak. Synergy happens that way. When we are weak, God who is all-powerful, almighty, El Shaddai, make up heaven and earth. When he works together with weak people, that person becomes as powerful as God himself. Because God's power equals, God's power plus your weakness is God's power. <laughs> God's power plus your weakness is God's power. And that's synergy right there. My question to you guys is, are you delighting in your weaknesses? Or are you fighting your weaknesses? You know, I had an encounter with a brother last Sunday. And in that encounter, I was wrong in that encounter. I shouldn't have done that way, approached that brother in the way I did. And what I brought to that brother, I should have actually thought more about it, what the complications would be, implications and everything. So I approached his brother, and I said these things to him. And the brother was hurt. But instead of me acknowledging that I was wrong... I didn't want to be weak before him and other brothers. Mm-hmm. And so I acknowledged that, okay, you know, maybe I might be wrong here. And so what did I do? I fought against my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And what does that do? Pride comes up. Mm-hmm. And then you start fighting. And then at that stage, when you're fighting, then actually God's power cannot work on you anymore. Because you're like, wait, you're on your own now. Go ahead. Fight it out. Let's see who's going to be stronger here. But when we are weak, God comes in the situation and makes everything awesome. When we are vulnerable with each other. And why is this so important? Why should we be weak? Let's go to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. And you guys, I'm going to give you a new different insight on what it means to be weak right now. Some of us think like weakness is for, like I said, civilians. But the Bible says in 1 John 1, in verse 5, This is the message we've heard from him, and declare to you, God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' Son purifies us from all sin. This is a radical teaching that we all sin, right? Yeah. <laughs> we all sin. It's radical, right? It's so new. You guys didn't know you sin. Everyone sins. Yeah. We all sin. And because of our sins, Christ's power becomes made perfect in there. Only when you confess it. When you confess it, I want to challenge you today. If you've not been confessing your sins, if you've been hiding, whatever you've been hiding, it's time to confess it. Whatever me hiding, maybe there's something in your life that you think, wow, no one should know this about me. No one should hear this about me. No one should know that, hey, this is what I did, this is how I feel. It's time to be open about our weaknesses. Why? So that Christ's power may be made perfect in you. Yeah. Are you guys with me? Yeah. Yes. Come on, bro. And so, some of our weaknesses in the church, what are the weaknesses in the church? We don't have enough campus in, south, in the South region. Yeah. Yeah, That's a weakness in the South region. Yeah. And for those of us who are guests, you know, this is not about you right now, so I hope you don't feel insulted. But for those who are members already, 
the South region, we need, I, I, I love Mohammed. You know, I love Menno. I love Jamie. But we need more campus students yeah. in the church. Because why is this important? For us to build, to save the world. For us to evangelize the world in our generation, you need to build wisely. You need to build wisely and get the future generation also ready to take on what you're going to impart to them for their future generation. And that means that if you feel uncomfortable going to campus to share with students, well, it's time to let Christ's power work in your weakness. Come on, bro. It's time to go to campuses and say, you know, even if it's, 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 it's King's College, which is close to us right now, amen? Yeah. Even if it's UC, it doesn't matter where it is, I'm going to go there because I want to evangelize what in our generation and make sure that the children of my children and their children will have a chance yeah. to hear the gospel preached yeah. to them. Amen? Amen. Hey, guys, with me. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what is happening right now in the world we live. The Bible says in 2 Kings 22 that the, word, that the, 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 the book of the law was lost in the temple. Mm-hmm. The Bible isn't known in the world we live in right now. Yeah. You know, I, I love our guests who are from the Netherlands here. Yeah. And they're visiting us for the first time. You know, in the Netherlands, I lived in the Netherlands for, for years. That's why I studied. I got to know. My, I got to make a lot of friends. My wife is from Holland also. Mm-hmm. But being there made me see that even the Bible was lost in that country also. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Netherlands is known as being toleration nation. Because there are no principles. There is no guidance from God to make them see, no, this decision is wrong. But when our children grow up in a world where no one says that is wrong because God says so, then what world are we living in? What world are we building? We should be evangelizing this world more than ever. And so... And so it is important, it is paramount to make sure that our weaknesses become our strengths. That we go after the campus students of this world. Mm -hmm. To make sure that our generation passes on the word of God to the future generation. Are you guys with me? And so my second point for you is delight in hardships. Delight in hardships. Who likes hardships here? You guys said no one. Nope. <laughs> but to be honest with you, this one fires me up. I love hardships. Oh, okay. Do you know why? I tell you guys something new. Yeah, hardships make me want more. Something is hard makes me think, oh, that means it's worth getting. Yeah. Oh. When something is really hard, that means you need to fight harder to get it. And when you get it, whoo, you feel satisfied. But that's why, you know, my wife and I, when we were dating, you know, we had kind of a hard and rough time in our first, in our first year of dating, you know. I was kind of playing hard to get, you know, like, oh, no, I want to... Ada, what? <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm not sure yet. And my wife was like, what are you doing? <laughs> We've been dating for a year, and you're not said anything? <laughs> she like, she's like... And we were on, I was looking for a house together, and she was on, the, we were on, this, on this mountain. I was like, oh, maybe she want to push me up the mountain right now. <laughs> and she like cornered me to a point that I felt like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I've been abusing the chance that I've been with you. And, but she was hard for her. Mm-hmm. Giving her heart to this guy who is too prideful to see that, wow, maybe she really loves me. Mm-hmm. And instead of me giving my heart back, I was holding back my heart. Mm-hmm. 
and that hardship, but she persevered through it. <laughs> and here we are today, yeah. married, got one baby on the way also. Yeah. You know, because she knew, oh, this guy is playing hard to get. And, uh, uh, I want this guy. Uh, uh, he's got some principles in there, okay. Yeah. But she persevered through it. Amen. <laughs> you know, and there we are today. You know, but whatever is hard is what fighting for. Yeah. Because that's when Christ was like, I know you're too weak to do it, but I'll give you the power to go through it. Mm. My question to you is, do you give up when it's hard? Mm. Do you give up when hardship comes? Mm. You know, you guys know, in, in my worldly times, I used to watch, you know, don't judge me, please. You know, I, was, I was a sinner. I'm still, you know, I, was, I know, I was horrible. Mm. In my worldly times, I used to watch um, How I Met Your Mother. Who knows that? How I Met Your Mother. Okay, so How I Met Your Mother is great, just like friends, you know, like, you know, right. friends. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, How I Met Your Mother, there's this, and there's this guy in there, this guy's the, the worst pervert in there. He sleeps around with everyone. It's not, it's not a good example to follow. You know, but, but there's one thing he said. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. He always said, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. He's going to say something like, <gasps> Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. It's legendary. (laughs) (laughs) He always said, wait for it. There's a power in waiting for something. Mm. There's a power in going through hardship. And I'm encouraged by Brandon and Crystal all the way in southeast London. It's hard there in that terrain there. To really make disciples is hard. And and, 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 and Wayne, Victor there. But they're still going after it. Going after just going there every Tuesday on campus and sharing. That's awesome. There's a power in delayed gratification. When things come later, it makes you feel fired up. Being a disciple, it didn't happen when you were born. It took a while to get it. And when you got it, you're like, wow, I'm so grateful to be a disciple. And so, when things are delayed... A power of God works. Are you guys with me? Yes. Turn to Hosea chapter 1. Let me show you guys an archer right there. Hosea chapter 1. Hosea chapter 1. Just, to, just in case you guys didn't know what hardship means, let me show you what hardship means. Hosea chapter 1. In verse 2. It says, When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go, marry a promiscuous woman. And have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblam, and she conceived and bore him a son. This is an hardship right there. Mm-hmm. <coughs> For you to go, it's like, you know, Isaac, you know, you're still a single brother. Well, I want to give you a woman from the world. And she's going to be a prostitute. And you're going to go use her as a, as a life example to make her into a disciple. That's a hardship right there. You know, because she's not going to love you back. Not going to do anything. She's going to be in the world and you're in the word. That's a hardship right there. But the purpose of hardships is that God is giving you a sermon. Hardships, God is giving you a sermon. God has given you a Bible talk. God has given you a D time. God has given you a, 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 a midweek lesson. God has given you a message right there. You know, it's been hard for me this, this week because I had to, I'm doing my thesis. 
and have to submit it by tomorrow. And I cannot wait till tomorrow, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait. You know, how, how hard is it to write 10,000 words? It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. But you know what's harder? The time it takes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you're going to put your life on hold. You just have to make that time. And so this week I've been, I've been going to bed around 12, 1. I've been four hours of sleep almost every day. And Monday, Jimmy came to our house for, on Tuesday for a run. And I was like, how are you doing, bro? I said, bro, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I didn't want to come running with you. <laughs> and then this, even yesterday, Friday and Saturday, I was at uni just typing away, typing away, getting that done, trying to get it done, trying to get it done. But it's not good enough. I'm still working. I'm still working. And then I called my wife. I thought, okay, I'm going to be home late. And she says, I'll put the key at the back door. And I'm on the top there. So when you come, just open the door, walk to the back kitchen, and you're home. Okay. I got home, no key. I was like, oh, but she's sleeping right now. Okay, so I jump over the fence to get in the house. <laughs> and I get to the, to, the, to the kitchen door. Okay, it's open. I get in the house. The next day again, I'm at uni, working, working. I tell my wife, okay, I'm going to be home late again. But yesterday, you forgot to put the key there. <laughs> so please don't forget this time. And she does put the key there this time. Amen. Whew. And I get there, put the key in the lock, turn and the key breaks. Oh. And I'm so exhausted. God, why is this key breaking? She didn't even know that. <laughs> the key breaks. Oh, I'm fortunate. Okay, eventually it opens. Okay, I got in the house. And the door of the kitchen was locked. <laughs> I'm like, God, what is going on here? <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like, how do I get in now? I'm going to call her. I'll be like, okay. And, and the window was open. And I climbed over the window to get in the house. And, you know, and I was like, do I get bitter and angry? Maybe she's going to get me back for not being at home. <laughs> do I get bitter and angry about this? Or do I just delight in this hardship? <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to delight in it and I'll share with the church tomorrow. <laughs> because I see that God is training me. Because if you want to evangelize this world, God will train you in different circumstances. Yeah. He wants to make you tough. Yeah. So that His power will rest on you when you feel like, oh God, I'm struggling. Yeah. And He says, don't worry. Yeah. My grace is sufficient for you. Amen. My grace, is, my power will rest on you. So delight in that hardship because now we are in synergy with each other. Point number three. Delight in insults. That's one, that that fires you guys up, right? No. Insults. You know what they guys are like, why guys? I mean, I'm preaching to the wrong crowd right now. <laughs> you don't like insults, you don't like hardships, you don't like weaknesses. What do you like? <laughs> Let's turn to, to first Peter. First Peter chapter two. Come on, bro. First Peter 2. You know, I personally don't like insults also. Especially those insults that make you feel like, but I didn't do anything wrong. Accusations that make you feel like, but I, well, I'm innocent. But in First Peter 2, in verse 21, it says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. 
When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he put on his coat and went to find another way to fight them back. No. He said instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And church said, Amen. He entrusted himself because he knew, hey, my silence allows God to work through me. My silence will let God work powerfully through me. But for me, is this, is this how I am? And is this how you are? When you're insulted, sharing your faith, because you have the vision to evangelize the world in our generation, and someone insults you, do you respond in like, oh, but this, but this, and but that? Or are you just silent? I say, you know what? God's power will enable me to do more than I can even ask or imagine. You know, for us to evangelize, we need to, be, we need to have the heart of Jesus. It says, Leaving you an example. Jesus gave an amazing example for us to be the people God wants us to be. And when you're insulting and making disciples, that's exactly how Jesus wants you to be. When you're weak, God wants you to be weak so that you can work. And when you're insulted, when you're in hardship, that's where God wants you to be. So how does, that, how does it help you? How, do you? how do you go against all these insults? You guys want to know how you do that? Yeah. You want to know? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't think I don't think Jessica is fired up. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Jessica, are you fired up? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Juliet, are you are you focused? Fired up. Everyone is fired up. Oh, yeah. I know it's a bit hot in here, and you know, it's making you guys feel feel sleepy. Uh-oh. But you, know, you guys want to get up? You know, you get, let's let's do, let's do an exercise, guys. Let's get up. Okay. Let's all let's all get up. Let's 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 take a let's let's take the, the blood flow. And maybe we can maybe maybe Brandon can help us tell the people downstairs to put the air conditioning on. It's broken, bro. It's broken? They told me they're gonna fix it and they're gonna do it. So Oh I said it's broken. Amen. Okay. So let's let's shake it up a little bit. Let's get our blood flow. Let's get our let's go. Gymnastics here. <laughs> let's get okay. Woo! Get the blood flow because we need that oxygen that we're not having. Let's get the blood flowing to pump it out through. Amen? Alright, okay. You guys good? Yeah. Okay, now you may sit down. <laughs> okay, now let me show you guys how to deal with insults. Okay. Isaiah 50. Isaiah 50. Isaiah chapter 50. Bible says in verse 4, The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue. Mm-hmm. It says, To know the word that sustains the weary. So it says, It is not sleep that sustains you when you're weary. Oh. It is the word of God that sustains you when you're weary. It wakens the morning, me morning by morning. Wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. His Bible is saying, in your quiet times, that's how you get sustained. And in verse 6, it said, I offered my back to those who beat me. My cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. Woo! Jamie. I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want to pull out your beard right there. <laughs> I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. It was like, just do it. Go ahead. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, have I set my face like flint. And I know I will not be put to shame. What is flint? 
It's a stone. It is the hardest stone used to build. And it was used to build temples and churches in the past, in the medieval times. Why? Because they said the stones will last till judgment day. Is your head like that? When you're insulted, when you're challenged, will you be able to last till judgment day? Or will you fall away because of insults? Will you fall away because of insults? And I want to challenge the church today to, we need to develop tough skin. Tough skin and a soft heart. Amen? Tough skin and a soft heart. When challenges come our way, we're able to take it. But however, respond from a soft heart. From a gentle heart. Because that's how Jesus was. He was able to take everything on. He didn't say anything all the way in the account of the cross. Only when Pilate asked him, Are you the Son of God? And he says, You say so. That was the only thing he said the whole time. And so for us to evangelize this world in our generation, we need to be able, 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 able to accept insults and respond from a soft heart. My two and final points for you guys today. Delight in persecution. And I love this one. You know, I want to be persecuted. I really want to be persecuted. You guys know why? I, wa- I really want to be persecuted. Because I think, I really believe that what the Bible says in Acts 28, if you can go there. It's really the way we can spread the word of God even more. The Bible says in Acts 28, in verse 21, my wife and I were talking after the GOC. We said, like, oh, babe, we need to do something crazy. <laughs> because we get from the GLC, we're like, ah, oh, we need something, something crazy that would, that would change London. Something that will make people think, like, you guys are crazy. Yes, we are. We are crazy for Jesus. Mm-hmm. People will see like, you know, I came to our house that same night and we're making a flyer and poster. We're like, we need to put a scripture on there that makes people think like, whoa. Something that could fire people. I'm like, whoa, you guys are, really? Are you guys really doing this? And I was on a plane to the JLC and my wife was sleeping at Maya and she saw me in the back arguing with a guy. I wasn't really arguing. <laughs> but I was talking to this guy and the guy said to me, you really believe in the Bible, do you? I said, yeah. <laughs> Is that new? <laughs> no. Wow, really? It's not a joke. You do believe in the Bible. I said, I do. Oh, okay, let's talk then. <laughs> it was like, oh, you no, you really do this. You know, People sometimes believe that you, we don't really believe in the Bible. Yeah. You think it's a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. I really do believe in this. I believe this is God's word inspired to guide us to heaven. Come on. Yeah. And I had to have this conversation with him. It took long, like two hours. We're talking and talking and talking. He kept, you know, dodging and going around, dodging. And, uh, I was like, okay, man, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> but we need to delight in persecutions. Because in, in verse 21, it says, They replied, We have not received any letters from Judea concerning you. And none of our people who have come from there has reported or said anything bad about you. That's interesting. That's the issue. <laughs> when people are not saying anything about you, that means you're not preaching the word. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
He says, but we want to hear what your views are, for we know that people everywhere are talking against the sect. When you're not preaching the word, when you're not evangelizing this world in our generation, they won't persecute you. For us to be persecuted means we need to go against all this ungodly publicity. And bring godly publicity into this world that we live yeah, in. Amen. You know, I've been thinking, how do I do this? How do I do this? So I'm like, because I've been traveling up and down this week, I'm like, okay, I think there's something that will make God's word be shown to people who don't want to read the Bible. Just show it in a way. So it's like, ooh. I was on the tube. That's my brain works, guys. Don't judge me. <laughs> my brain is just like, oh, how do I do this? Okay. So I get on the tube. I'm like, wow, that's ungodly publicity. All this work. Is this, I don't know if you have seen this. There's this poster, they've been posted around tube stations nowadays that show women in a very, very vulgar way. Yeah. So they're wearing clothes, but the way that the pictures are taken, it makes them really think, whoa, why are women being portrayed in this way? Yeah. And I'm like, we need to put a poster next to that poster. Yeah. <laughs> that really shows the opposite of how a woman should be. Yeah. A poster that shows how God sees women. Yeah. A poster that shows how God sees us and not the way the world should portray us. Put a scripture there, put our church name there, yeah. and let people just say, oh wow, you guys are, are going against the law. No, we're just using our free will to just communicate with people. Yeah. <laughs> but that's something, that's something crazy that makes people hate us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people mad at us yeah. because we love God so much and we, we, we want to change this world for His glory. Yeah. You know, I was thinking uh, that would bring us persecution. Hello, bro. And then London will know there is one church in London yes. who doesn't like ungodly things in the city. Yeah. That yeah. is one church in London who don't care about how people say about them because what we care is how God sees us. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And that's what we need to delight in it because persecution isn't awesome because we, we know we're doing God's work. Yeah. Because we know it's God's stamp of approval. You're doing great. Come on. But if you're not persecuted, that means ah, we're too comfortable. Mm. You're like, Victor, I know you're all your disciple, but you don't really challenge me. Yeah. Our lives need to be challenging. Mm. So like we'll see this is God's standard. Mm. Because nowadays, the only thing that challenges people is how much money they can spend on the vacation. Yeah. How much money they can spend on the hairdo. How much money they can spend on, a, on all these things. But this world needs to be challenged on the moral conducts so that this world will be evangelized for Jesus. Amen? Yeah. So, if you guys are with me, we're going we're to get it going, guys. Yeah. And finally, <laughs> delight in difficulties. First Timothy 6.17. Let's close there. That's point number five. Delight in difficulties. First Timothy six seventeen. When you there, can I hear me when you get there? No. Yes, that's where we are. And when you're there, let me get an amen. Amen. Yeah, that's like a very shallow amen, guys. Come on. You know, amen. amen. <laughs> Not a woman. Amen. <laughs> the Bible says in verse 17, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. You know, I can certainly say I'm not rich anymore. 
since I moved to London, I'm not rich anymore. And even I became poor when I got into the ministry. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not rich in terms of financially, but I'm rich in terms of love and God's kingdom, amen? And when I think of those of us who are in the church who have more, who are financially wealthy, I think we need to go to the perspective of now, let's stop putting our hope in our savings accounts. Yeah. <laughs> and it's with our hope in building God's kingdom. Yeah. And the one thing I learned from the GLC is that we need to start talking about changing the church up. We need to start having more interns, more workers. The Bible says the harvest is plentiful, but the issue is the workers. Yeah. We need more workers. And there are two ways to do this. First of all, give up your money to hire people for the church. Mm-hmm. Second of all, give up that job that is hindering you. So I spoke to guys in, in L.A., and you know what was interesting? Guys who had great jobs, they gave up their jobs to go work at Starbucks. <coughs> to work part-time at Starbucks and have part-time to serve in the ministry. That's pretty challenging. This is really difficult because, you know, you have less money, you have less career. But, you know, in God's kingdom, money does not matter. Career does not matter. I'm giving up my master's to serve God. I'm like, okay, I need to do great in this master's, but actually, I don't really need to. I can just flunk it, in a sense. Because I don't really need it. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, well, in that case, we need to really be generous. And I want to lift up the church, though. You know, I tried, we tried this generosity example this last week with 20 pounds for, for, for our sound system, which will come prayerfully next week. But we need to go higher. So how can we make sure that God's kingdom is built through difficulties? <laughs> that we're like, you know what, I will give up my salary. I will give up this Amen. so that we can evangelize more in this generation. You guys with me? Amen. And so I want to challenge the church to do something really challenging, really hard. <laughs> when is the next tough mother? <laughs> okay. I want us to go on Tough Mudder as a region. If you're pregnant, you need a doctor's paper. <laughs> if you're weak, Christ's power will be made perfect in you. If you're struggling through this hardship, Christ's power will be made perfect in you. I want us to go on Tough Mother for two reasons. To build a family, number one. And number two, to use as a chance for our love offering coming up in November. I want us to make sure that we, at the South Region we do it as a region, as a family, to get a raising funds so that we can evangelize more and more and more. Because there are two things churches need. People, money. And we need more people to go out there and work so we can evangelize this world in our generation. Amen. And so in closing, the most important thing I want to leave you guys with is every weakness that you have, every hardship, Every difficulty, every, every persecution and insult, that is perfect. That's awesome. You are right now where God wants you to be. So that now His power can be made perfect in you. And by so doing, that power can then be used to evangelize this world. I love you guys all, and I pray you take it to heart. So that, and let us talk about that tough mother. Let's talk about who wants to be an intern. Let's talk about what we're going to do. And we're going to have leaders meeting very soon after this where Brandon and Jamie will be able to give us a follow-up to this lesson on how can we build this strong church, making disciples for God's glory. I love you guys all. To God be glory. Amen.
We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you'd like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.